Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by a group of three. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's always aware of a hot mic. Oh yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, whose youngest brother is a hot mic. Oh no, oh no, <laughs> that's me, Trey Newman. All right, thanks Trey. Wow. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to preview the AAC Conference USA and the Sun Belts. Of course, several teams in those conferences have, have already played uh, a game, in some cases two, I think, but no conference games have happened yet. Uh, before we get into that, though, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube for video versions of, of our episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. And check out our sponsor. That's right. Our sponsor is MyBookie. MyBookie. Winning, re- winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. As you can see, uh, if you're watching the YouTube, you can use our promo code CFBROS. That's all capitals, CFBROS. And you can double your first deposit up to $1,000. Uh, at, at my bookie, the winning season means hitting all your parlays, props, with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. The NFL just got kicked off this week. You can still join. you still got 16 weeks left. College football is getting in gear. Uh, you can invest and, and bet on your intuition. Maybe you've got your own system. Again, you can double your first deposit on mybookie.ag. $1,000 in free play. Free play. Uh, you can live bet. You can do bet championship futures. Bet all the games, first half live games, etc. It's simple. You make your picks. You can win big. You collect your cash. Just again, use the promo code CFBROS, double your first deposit, and your winning season can begin today at MyBookie. All right. Awesome. I got off to uh, a pretty good start this weekend. Yeah, we all did. we all deposited. Yeah. Yeah. I was college football was really good. Uh then NFL was like nine and seven. But one of those was the gimme from the Kansas City plus fifty four. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was gonna go with Houston if it wasn't for that, because the line was ten. I was like, ooh, that's a lot. So yeah, I would have gone 54 eight and eight. But, Fifty-four is a lot. <laughs> yeah, 54, I was like, okay, I'll give him that. So, yeah, I would have gone eight and eight otherwise. But nice, thank you, my bookie. <laughs> um, and as far as the uh, the Big Ten is concerned, speaking of that hot mic comment, uh, yeah. as we're recording this, there's been no announcement of anything. So, what the heck is their deal? I I Just don't know. Announce it already. Like, what the heck is there? I well, mean, we don't know. We don't know what's happening yet. All we know I mean, is we overheard Nebraska. The Big Ten deserves all the crap they're getting. <laughs> Ryan coming out firing. Well, well I'm, I'm tired of it. I kind of backed him for a while, but it's ridiculous. Like, show a little transparency. Have a little, a little initiative. How about some, like, you just tell us what the heck's going on? Yeah. They're, hopefully they're working on it, Ryan. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, it's but crazy. now it's just all speculation, I guess, and yeah. hot mics. So that wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we'll cover, hopefully in tomorrow's episode, maybe we'll have some news and, and we'll see. But as we're recording, like I said, nothing new. So let's focus on uh, the group of five, or I guess the group of three this year. Yeah, uh, we got the AAC. So let's we're going to break all these conferences into contenders, uh, dark horses, and long shots. So Ryan, let's uh, let's get started with the first contender in yeah. the, the AAC. 
Well, yeah. So the contenders we got, should I list them all or should I just go with UCF? Yeah, here? go for it. Go for all it. All right. So the contenders list here in the conference, the American, we got UCF, Cincinnati, and Memphis. Those are the three kind of upper upper echelon group ooh, team in that. Ooh, uh, no SMU there. We'll, we'll talk about well, that. Yeah, well, it wasn't my call. <laughs> all right <laughs> it was it was a democracy we voted ryan yeah true it was fair enough uh all right um although trey trey's like france you just like oh no it's okay i'm not sure i don't really have an opinion that's more it sounds like switzerland i think oh yeah that's yeah, more switzerland <laughs> fair enough <laughs> all right so uh ucf here let's start with ucf uh they were uh probably hit harder than anybody as far as uh people kids sitting out for due to covid what they have like 10 guys uh Ten kids mm-hmm. just to decide to sit out. A couple of them were starters on that defense, one defensive lineman, another starting corner. So uh big losses there. Depth is good taking a huge hit. Um even still, they have a lot of guys returning. Uh, still have a lot of starters back. Um they have a very good nucleus. Uh the offense will be very, very good, of course. They got uh they got uh, Dylan Gabriel, the the freshman from last year. He had a great year. So he'll be a sophomore this year. It should be really good. They do have to replace their big play wide out Gabriel Davis who went early to the NFL that's a that was a big hit but still really good offense overall and Josh Heupel knows how to coach him some offense so not worried about that side of the ball um defense um that's a little bit of a worrisome group they're they're probably gonna take a step back and they lose a lot of guys up front um especially when that guy that one player decided to sit out their best corner sitting out yeah so I mean, they're good enough to be, they're going to be right there through the thick of it because their offense is really good and their defense will be okay. But, you know, it just, they're, I think they're probably won't be quite as good as they were last year, but they could still win the conference. Yeah. I mean, they, obviously you, you touched on the big blow of, of the depth, the issue that they might run into this year, losing 10 guys to opting out, but you have to like the lefty Dylan Gabriel, especially in his second season with Heupel uh, you would think he would only build upon on last year and you know I'll mention a couple names that uh, from the offensive side of the ball to keep your eye on Trey Nixon and Marlon Williams they'll be good on the on the outside um, replacing guys like Gabriel Davis uh, Otis Anderson and Greg McRae are the running backs I swear they've been there for 10 years I know uh, they, those, those guys um, and then they got you, plenty you know, of weapons they they do so like you said Ryan I, I echo your sentiments on the offense and Randy Shannon's defense, I don't think obviously the a couple key personnel losses didn't help, but I think it'll be a strength this year, at least more so than the past. They last year they held teams to 23 points a game. They return a decent amount of production at all three levels. Kevin Turnier on the D-line is the anchor. He 13 and a half tackles for loss last year. And if you look at their schedule, they also get to host Cincinnati uh, in late November. So that could help. Yeah. I and I think the you're right. I think the defense is fine. And it was underrated last year. They were actually, per SP+, plus, the best defense in the AAC last year. I don't think wow. a lot of people realize that. I think people kind of presumed it was Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati has so much coming back that we'll get to them. Their, their defense will probably be the best. But but UCF's, I think, is is definitely, like you say, good enough to, to win the conference, certainly, when paired with that offense. And I think last year, another thing is that UCF, at least by some people, I mean, they're a lot of people's pick to to win the conference, but they maybe their season last year was underrated because they had three losses, but those losses were so close. They were by a combined seven points. Uh, one of them was at Pitt, so nothing to be ashamed of there. And the other ones, they were minus three in turnovers in each of them. So they very easily could have had an under another undefeated season. So yeah, I'm 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 liking uh, UCF this year. 
All right, moving on to our next our next contender here. Yep, and that's <clears throat> the Cincinnati Bearcats. So Luke Fickle, man, he's got probably his best squad coming back. Uh, they've won eleven years, eleven years, eleven games, two years in a row now. Uh, they'll, like you said, Michael, they'll probably undoubtedly have the best defense in the conference at least heading into the season. They returned nine starters that held teams to that the defense last year held teams to. Over, just over 20 points a game. They finished 10th in the country with 26 takeaways. Uh, the strengths of this D are on the line and the secondary. Javon Hicks and Ahmad Gardner are are the main names to remember right now. Offensively, you know, people kind of criticize Desmond Ritter. He did maybe regress a touch last year in his sophomore year through the air, but I think he's going to have a big year. He's poised to. He's a great runner. He finished second in rushing on the team last year. And the other thing going for him is he now has arguably the best offensive line in the conference ahead of him. Um, you know, they do lose Michael Warren, who is a stud at running back, but they bring in the transfer from Alabama, Jerome Ford. Uh, they're hoping he can fill in nicely. We'll see. Won't match Warren's productivity, mm-hmm. but, but, but can't hurt. Uh, and then, you know, one thing to remember about Ritter is at the end of the last year, Cincinnati was playing to host the, the conference title against Memphis. He didn't even play in the game against Memphis and they, they, they were still competitive, barely lost. They played Memphis the next week with an, an, a not 100% Ritter, and they almost won that game. So they were inches from from winning the, the conference last year. And, you know, looking at them now, like Nebraska was supposed to play these guys I know. this offseason or this preseason. And, like, uh, yeah, like I'm kind of glad we didn't after doing some more research on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong year to play Cincy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you covered the the defense well. There's there's no reason to think they they won't be the best. They're loaded. They even get a guy James Wiggins back at safety, who I think missed oh, most, yeah. if not all, of last year with injury. So they're they're loaded. Um, and on offense, so you, Desmond Ritter had kind of the sophomore slump last year. So I think that's the the biggest question mark from the team is is he going to have that bounce back year? And one reason to think that he will is I think the the offensive line is going to be better this year. They get uh, a left tackle transfer from Michigan, sat out last year, um, is now eligible finally, James Hudson. He actually played in the bowl game, I think, played really well. So he should be a beast that should should help that offensive line. They get another starter back from injury on, on the O-line. So if that unit is improved, that'll, I think, help Desmond Ritter out. I don't think they the offensive line was already pretty good last year. They already were had a great ground game. So I don't see that as a huge difference. I see losses to Michael Warren, who was their best running back as a stud. Uh, and I see the sophomore slump from Ritter. But then I also see the loss of Josh Degora, their their tight end who led the team in receptions and touchdowns. He was a huge piece that they could rely on that he's gone. He's in the NFL right now. So I play in quite a bit, actually. Um, I think those are some big losses. I I I think the defense will be good. Obviously, the offense isn't going to be bad. I'm not trying to say that. It's just I don't think they'll be really any better than last year, maybe even a touch worse. Um, but still right there, obviously, to win the conference. I mean, they're it's so close between these three teams. It's just, you know, you could flip a coin, really, in my mind. But mm-hmm. I just, you know, I a guess I'm a little lower on them. Hmm? Yeah, a three-sided yeah. coin. Yeah, three-sided coin. You got it. That's right. <laughs> good point. Um. Okay. Uh, well, let's get to that third yeah. team then in this group of three, at least according to to me and Trey, uh, <laughs> and that is Memphis. They're our third contender. Don't worry, we'll get to SMU. But they won the conference last year, um, like Trey mentioned, and 
ended up losing out, uh, losing in a shootout in the Cotton Bowl to Penn State. So that was a, a good showing. Bad news is they lost Mike Norvell and a bunch of the staff to Florida State. Uh, Ryan Silverfield is going to take over. He was the offensive line coach last year. And then they also lost their star running back, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, announced he's sitting out the season. So he was such a huge part of their offense. There's there's some big losses. The good news is they also have a lot of returning production. Brady White, arguably the best quarterback in the conference, at least up there with uh, Shane Bichelle and, and Dylan Gabriel. Demonte Coxey, arguably the best receiver. Sean Dykes at tight end had a is expected to be very good, had a very good game one, 130 yards receiving. Um, the running back by committee approach, I think should be fine. Obviously, the, it's it's hard to replace um, Gainwell, but they, they seem to turn out uh, good running backs. Defensively, they switched to the 3-4 under Mike McIntyre. Always, I'm always wary of any um, scheme shifts in this offseason with the, the shortened offseason, but they should be decent. They get seven starters back, and McIntyre's a good coach. And uh, and like I mentioned, they're already one to know. So they already played a game. They beat a good Arkansas State team, thirty seven twenty four, which has only looked better since they beat yeah, them because Arkansas State right. now beat K State. Um, so yeah, off to a good start. Yeah, I was I was impressed with their week one performance. Uh, I you know I I had uh, I was a little weary of them going up against a good Arkansas State team. Um, their defense, I was that's the thing obviously that was I was questioning going into this year, but. 24 points. Uh, they made some good big plays against Arkansas State. So that was like, okay, that's encouraging. And like you said, McIntyre, I mean, he, his end of the year, end of tenure didn't work out as Colorado head coach, but he's had some impressive stops as a defensive coordinator. So um, I think he'll, he's going to help out that defense. And the offense we know is going to be good. So many playmakers. So, and I, I, even though the defense may be, they do, I thought uh, seven starters, you say? I didn't even think it was that much. I thought it was like six or something, or maybe five, but um, it varies better. depending on. Even better, yeah. But uh, I do know that they have upperclassmen, right? These their seniors are all on the defensive line. So when you have an experienced group, an elder group on the on the defense, it tends to work out a lot better. So yeah, I'm I like Memphis this year. Yeah, and um, I echo your guys' thoughts on on them. the The defense, I'll just add the fact that they. You know they don't get a lot of credit, and even last year they 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 took a step forward. Last year they were better than what people kind of you would naturally think. They at least improved, and then this year I think they could improve a little bit more as well. They got five of the top six tacklers returning. Um, that and but other than that, I I don't see any reason why Memphis won't be contending down the stretch uh, as we as we head to the end of the year. Okay, let's uh, get this. We've been teasing it and uh we've got smu at the top of the dark horses then houston tulane and temple but let's let's have the conversation ryan about smu it's just not fair to group smu at houston tulane and temple they are much much right more with the other teams i think they're kind if if they're if we could create a new tier i'd put them in between but but make your case why they they return a good amount of production from last year they were 10 win team they were their two regular season losses that they had last year were by one score at Memphis and one score at Navy, both really good teams last year. So they were right there with them. One point, one score losses there. Uh, the, obviously Shane Bashell comes back. He's a huge piece, great quarterback. Um, and then the other thing is Reggie Roberson, their wideout. He got hurt in the eighth game last year. Remember they started eight and no. And then when he goes out, okay, their offense is not quite as good. So then they lost a couple games. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not sure why, you know, they have uh, uh, four re- returning offensive linemen. 
their offense is still going to be really good. I, there was a little bit of t- somewhat shaky. It wasn't, they should put points on the board in their first game. They had a close one at Texas State. Offense moved pretty well. Shane Bishel threw a couple uncharacteristic picks. I'm not really worried about that. They'll, they'll get it mm-hmm. going. The defense is obviously the main concern for SMU. It was bad last year. They do lose some key pieces, but they also bring in some solid transfers, and they do get the return of their leading tackler from a couple years ago, uh, Richard Moore. He only played like one or two games last year, uh, so that's a big piece coming back. Overall, I just don't think the defense is going to be all that much different. Like It'll be pretty close to what it was. Yeah, which I, I think... I don't know. I I just think SMU is a step below this this top three. But I think how, when you look they at were last year, right there last year, right there they had okay. one score losses at Navy and S and and that's uh, true. Memphis. All right, like, let me and make that's it. They would have been undefeated if that. It's like right there. <laughs> What's <laughs> the point? Like, how do you? It's not like <laughs> they lose like like their star quarterback backs, great receiver. I, what is the what, what what offensive line? What am I missing from you guys? All right, so so last year I will say I think they maybe perception of them was maybe a little bit higher than than the actual strength of the team so last year their schedule worked out really well avoiding ucf and cincinnati i think if they had a more balanced schedule record wouldn't been quite as good they were five and two in one score games so that's something that that tends to even out and just i I think the main thing that i was looking at and probably trey too is just their rating in the advanced metrics sagrin and sp plus are much lower on them than they are the the three contenders and that, that was last year. They were much lower and they lose more production coming into this year. It's not as if they lose a ton, but they lose more than all those three teams ahead of them. So, um, yeah, I, I get like your gut, my, your gut reactions is, is SMU should be in that contenders list. But those are the reasons I, I just thought they were a step below. I was just also surprised that, um, because I, Ryan, I had your, your kind of similar thoughts. If right off the cuff, if you asked me, I'd be like, yeah. Then I started to look at kind of what Michael said, the metrics, and then I looked at the odds, and they were right on par. The preseason conference title odds, they were right on par with Houston and what, and it and definitely a notch below the the top three we had, which which surprised me right off the bat. And then it started to make me think, but I mean, yeah. let's just put it this way: like it wouldn't shock me if they ended up being in the conference title game, but uh, no, no, they're just uh, they're just a, a hair below those guys, in my opinion, right now, and. Yeah, so it's. I, I will say what they do have going for them is they avoid UCF and they get the other two contenders at home. So that might kind of close the gap too. So maybe I don't know. There's an argument you made a you made a good case, Ryan. I maybe we're wrong. We'll see. Um, all right, who's uh, who's the next dark horse? Now we've got Houston, the Cougs. Uh, and we really finally get to see how Dana Holgerson's radical redshirt experiment pans out. You know, remember, if you guys don't remember, he redshirted a lot of the key players after four games last year and brought in some transfers as well. Obviously, losing Derek King to transfer to Miami is 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 a big blow, but there's still a lot of firepower that returns. They're one of the most talented teams in the conference. And I actually don't mind at quarterback Clayton Toon, like he showed some flashes last year like he's can be productive in a, any quarterback could really be productive in a Holgerson offense uh and now after having kind of a full year of being the guy he's not he is he's not going to turn into Derek King I'm not saying that but he can at least be productive especially with the skill talent that they have uh yeah and they asked they put him in a tough position last year with everybody redshirting exactly and, to and throw him to so. the wolves but they return running backs Kyle Porter Mobacar uh their big play receiver Marquez Stevenson the challenge with them, and it's kind of common theme for Houston, is their weak defense. I think it's going to kind of hinder them from potentially sneaking into the AAC title. 
Um, they returned most of the production on that side of the ball, but that's not saying much because they were second to last in the conference in total defense, gave up over 450 yards a game. Overall, I think Houston is going to be the most improved team in the conference, but I'm just not ready to say that they're going to contend or, or win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I am high on them, I think, to, to what a lot of people are, just because you, you say those returning production numbers. I think they were uh, they're top five in the country in returning production, but it's not just that. It's, it's the guys returning that weren't a part of the production because they redshirted or they, they so many power five transfers, especially on that defense, sat out last year, not as redshirting necessarily, just because they were transfers. So there's, there's a lot of, of new um, players coming into the fold. And you saw, aren't they like a six and a half point dog at Baylor this weekend? I didn't even yeah, catch that. I, that I, yeah. I think that's right. That shows you how much the, the betting market is valuing them on the road against Baylor. Only six and a half. It's not a yeah. lot of points. True. By the way, as I'm uh, mute last time when I, you, uh, I think you, I was a little silent on that last one after you say, Oh, we'll find out about SMU. And I, I said something, but I, it was on mute. So you guys, Oh, what well. did you say? I said, I don't know. Something. <laughs> oh, well, thanks <laughs> for bringing that up. <laughs> Just saying in case there's an, like an awkward pause where it's like, why didn't Ryan say anything there? No, there wasn't an awkward pause, Ryan, but this is awkward right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Ryan, we, you got your point across on SMU. You're good. I didn't say anything <laughs> crazy. I was, I think I was just like, yeah, no, we'll see something like that. But <laughs> Okay. Um, let's see here. Do I have anything else to add on Houston? The, is the schedule, their record might I not love be that great. We're, we're, we're supposed to do one person here with these and Michael's like, this was supposed just, to be really have, just Trey covering Houston here. Well, I had a lot. I have a lot to say, right? <laughs> the, a, the AAC is a good conference. He can keep. He can I know we're not going to go in in depth like this on every team, but some of the top teams, you know, we can throw your thoughts in. Um, but they play BYU and, as we mentioned, at Baylor, so that's that's kind of rough in the the non conference there. All right, moving on to Tulane. Ryan, am I allowed to talk about Tulane? Keep it under five minutes, please. Oh, I'll try. So (laughs) Tulane is the next dark horse led by head coach Willie Fritz. Just got a contract extension after after making two straight bowl games. They struggled a little bit uh, against South Alabama, but ended up coming back to win by by three. So a win's a win. I think the defense should be okay. The front seven is is pretty good, especially if Patrick Johnson, their NFL prospect edge rusher, can have a bounce back season, which it looks like he will because he had two sacks in in that first game against South Alabama. Secondary is is the question mark on that side of the ball, though. On offense, good group of running backs and and a, a mobile quarterback. The big question is the passing game. They lose their top two receivers, and it just kind of remains to be seen if if the new quarterback Keon Howard can be as I don't want to say as good as as Justin McMillan was through the air last year. I'll say as average as as McMillan was. Um, so because game one, uh, uh, Howard was under 50% completion. So unless he's a lot better than he looked, I don't see Tulane in the, in the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's it for Tulane. The green I like wave. Willie Fritz. All right. Last one here. We got the temple owl. So, um, yeah, uh, the, I th- we're supposed to maybe try and be a positive here on them. Um, try to think, Hey, how could they're a dark horse? They could maybe make the, uh, AAC mm-hmm. title game. That's tough here for me with Temple. Um, 
they were they were they were solid last year. They had eight wins. Um, they do have a decent amount coming back on offense, but their offense sucked. So <laughs> you know, not exactly. You know, Anthony Russo, average QB. I think we kind of yeah, he's not very good. He's kind of like Kenny Pickett to me. Um, that Ramon Davis, I'll give that. He's a good running back. He had he had some good uh, some good moments last year. Uh, and they do have Jaden Blueback, a thousand yard receiver. So. There's some there's some solid pieces, no doubt. Their offense should be a little bit better, um, but the defense is just that was the strength of the team last year. It got hit hard. Uh, the biggest loss, of course, is Quincy Roche, who transferred the NFL prospect AAC Defensive Player of the Year to Miami. I mean, that's huge for Temple. Um, that was they just have four starters overall coming back. Secondary should actually be the strength, um, but up front is just where they get the massive losses. So their defense should be probably significantly worse offense might was not going to be able to pick up the pace um so yeah i just there's too many other good teams in this division like tulane i like tulane houston i'm with you guys i think they all be much improved i just think temple's going the wrong way so i don't i don't see them really competing for the title Mm -hmm. um and also temples had issues getting practices in because of the the local Mm -hmm. health guidelines their first game isn't even till october 10th so they've had to delay things quite a bit yeah, it's All amazing. Right. The AAC is as deep as it's ever been. Like it's a legit conference this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it is. Yeah, and and as and no divisions, of course. Just well, uh, what happened to Navy though? We'll get to that. But like, yeah, we they're supposed to, to be that. good, and well, I know, you know, I mean, they're usually solid, but they won eleven games last year, right? I yeah, I know they lost a lot, but and Malcolm Perry, but it's Navy. You think they're we'll just see? Gonna... They didn't get to tackle in the offseason. We'll we'll touch on that. Yeah. yeah um, okay. the All right. Game, After the long shots. Yeah, so long shots. First one we're going to start out with. We've got, as you can see here, Tulsa, uh, followed by Navy USA. Were they in long shot and, before game one? Navy? Tulsa? Navy. No, no, no. Navy. Oh, Navy definitely was not a long shot before they would game have been one. one. Yeah, Dark I was horse say. Candidate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but to start out with Tulsa here, Philip Montgomery, he needs to have a good season to kind of avoid getting on a, on a warm seat next year. Once again, though, they should have a productive offense. Zach Smith threw for over 3,000 yards. Shamari Brooks had over 1,000 on the ground. The offense will put up points and, and keep them in, in some games. The challenge will be the defense, uh, which tends to be fairly redundant at Tulsa. They only return four starters, and I'm not really expecting to see a ton of strengths there. They they open at Oklahoma State this upcoming weekend. Tough game, but uh, we'll we'll be able to see what they if some of that offensive firepower, see what it can do. Okay, moving on to Navy, which we've already kind of broken down there. Our second long shot here. And like we said, definitely would have been a dark horse, no doubt about it. Um, Before the season, only lost two games last year at Memphis and at Notre Dame. But they lost 55-3 to in that uh, very public uh, Monday night game, (laughs) right, against uh, BYU. So, and Trey, you mentioned the lack of full contact and hitting in, in... preseason practice we didn't realize that before the game but we 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 found out during the game and in more ways than one because they just looked terrible on on both sides of the ball so that that drops them to a long shot and just you know kind of realizing the big loss of Malcolm Perry at quarterback had 2,000 rushing yards last year his replacement against BYU Dalen Morris had seven carries for two yards and the backup Perry Olsen just announced he's entering the transfer portal. So just, and that that's on top of the fact that in the off season, they had a couple transfers on defense, which is not common at, uh, at Navy. So suddenly looking like a down year, 
good news, I'll spin it, is that they do still return a lot of, of skill talent on offense other than quarterback. And on defense, they've got six starters back, including Diego Fago, one of the best linebackers in the conference. So they, there's no way they're as bad as they looked. I agree. BYU. I agree. There's no way. Like they, you don't just go from eleven and two to garbage, especially at Navy, where they're almost never bad. I know they had you know one bad year a couple years ago, but they've got to be somewhere in between. I totally agree. I think that that yeah. like BYU's good too. Both their offensive and yeah. defensive line are good, and then the lack of tackling. Like I think they're gonna get. They're gonna show much better than they did week one. Mm-hmm. Hard, hard not to. True. <laughs> yeah. True. All right, number three, South Florida. Uh, new coach Jeff Scott uh, has his work cut out for him this year. Um, the offense was really bad last year. They really just don't have much talent there. Uh, skill talent's pretty low. The line was horrible. The QB this year should probably be the North Carolina transfer, actually. Uh, Cade Fortin He's taken over for uh, Jordan McLeod, who's still there, but just seems wow. like uh, Fortin is the... I mean, yeah, Jordan McLeod played, he started in their first game against, was it the Citadel that they beat? Mm-hmm. Um, but because, but that was, well, I think because Cade Fortin is, he wasn't available. They didn't say why he wasn't, so yeah. I don't know if it was a quarantine thing or what, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the quarterback yeah, position. Fair enough. There's, it's kind of like a three or four man race, apparently. Yeah, it's just means they don't really have anybody. Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then you go to the defense. The defense was horrible last year, too. Really, against the run, they were god-awful. Just not much return in there. I don't know. Scott just needs time to build. I mean, he is so deprived of talent there, and this the culture was obviously going in the wrong, wrong, wrong direction. So, I mean, he could get it turned around. I think I, – I don't know, you know, who knows about Jeff Scott. He's offset success in previous stints, but, you know, come in, I had coach different. But there's tools. UCF has the tools. got talent there, and it's worked before. So USF, oh boy. USF, right. Dang, I said C. <laughs> There's tools there too. South Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just decided to suddenly yeah. talk about UCF. Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm with UCF. USF. USF has no chance. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next next team there. We got the Pirates of East Carolina. Their, their defense is suspect. They gave up over seven yards per play in conference last season. And but uh the clear strength of this team is the offense and quarterback Hunt Holton Ayler's. Remember, he could have gone to Alabama, but ended up at ECU. Last year, he threw up, threw for over 3,300 yards, 21 touchdowns as a sophomore. Uh, and they return almost all of their key skill, key skill position players and talent. They're just going to have to win some shootouts this year, but they're, uh, they're a fun team to watch on offense. I'll say that. Yeah. Holton Naylor's great, great dual threat quarterback. So hopefully they won't be as, uh, the last place team like we uh we have them here but we'll see uh okay let's uh let's get to our aac championship picks so ryan who are you taking yeah i am taking central florida versus memphis and i am gonna go with memphis I, i'll say they go back to back brady white and Demonte coxie great offense defense will be better i think they can, can do it again okay I uh, am going to take UCF over Cincinnati. Like you said earlier, Ryan, there's just not much separating these these top three three teams. I just think UCF is maybe a slightly more complete team. With Cincinnati, you got the question marks of the explosiveness of the offense. This their defense allowed a lot of big plays last year. So just going with the the more solid team on both sides, and they're going to be my pick to uh, win the uh, 
or to get that New Year's six slot. So I'm going to lock them in as my New Year's six slot. Oh yeah, Memphis is going to be mine, of course. Whoever wins the AC is like all right. You're locking ninety five percent chance they're going to be the team. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll get to that later, but yeah, I'm gonna. It was splitting hairs, and I I ended up going with Cincinnati beating UCF in, in the title. I just think that Ritter's going to bounce back a little bit. They'll be a little bit. He'll be a little bit more productive um, this year, and I trust their defense. It's probably the best in the conference, and I think I I might have actually gone with UCF, but the the ten opt outs that's just a little bit more depth that they don't have that might hinder them Two late in the season. Yep. So that was really when when I was talking about these three teams splitting hairs, that kind of ended up being one of my big factors. So that's why I took Cincinnati in this case. Yep. Okay. And so I'm, I'm going to actually make them my my uh, whatever <laughs> New Year's six, New Year's six lock. Yeah. <laughs> lock that in. All right. Really confident. Um, whatever. It's funny. We got three winners though. We we had all the yeah. yeah. Each one that way. Works out. Close it is. Probably one the only thing I'll say we'd do that, huh? Yeah. One thing I'll say about Cincy is I, I almost picked them because of the reason you said with UCF. The reason I, I kind of went away from them is they do have a tougher schedule, so there maybe makes it more difficult for them to actually get to the championship. They draw the three other best teams in the conference, and they play two of them on the road. So that's just, uh, I guess, a tick mm-hmm. against them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's uh, move on to a different conference here. We've got Conference USA, and we'll start in the the West Division. So, Trey, get us started with the the contenders in the West. Yeah, well, to start out, we're gonna we got the UAB, the Blazers. We've we've actually now seen them in a couple games. They had a real sloppy win to open up the season against Central Arkansas. UAB allowed them to to stay in the game, and and then most recently last week they lost to Miami no no real harm in that but the the problem for UAB is they just we found out today that they lost their uh, quarterback Tyler Johnston is now out indefinitely with a non-throwing shoulder injury so they're gonna have to rely on freshman Bryson Lucero Uh, you know if there is a silver lining to this last year Johnston he struggled a lot with turnovers like I think he threw 15 picks or something and he Mm -hmm. battled injuries so this isn't terribly new new for them, um, but the the thing is is and and UAB was still relevant with all that going on last year. And the other the other point is Lucero gets to hand it off to one of the best running backs in the conference, Spencer Brown. They have five starters up front that can only help him. Bill Clark, he's he's done wonders there, obviously at UAB, and particularly with their defense. Uh, they should have another good defense, just like they've had the last few years. First team all conference pick linebacker Christopher Mole is a tackling machine, and you know even with the the loss of the quarterback and then their their ugly first couple games, if you will, they still deserve deserve to be the leader of this West Division, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that defense really good. They got Jordan Smith coming off the edge. Um, they're just a, they have a lot of kind of NFL prospect type guys. I know people like the the wide receiver Austin Watkins. So yeah, even even without Johnston, they'll they'll be good. I'm not too worried about their first two games. I mean, you know, like we kind of touched on that, but yeah, Central Arkansas is a solid FCS team, um, putting up 45 mm-hmm. on them. And, you know, yeah, they had some couple turnovers and it's kind of ugly, but they won. And then going to Miami, what's, I mean, yeah, yeah there's Miami, no, there's yeah, no, there's no, no harm there. I think there'll be a, but the, the loss to with Johnston is concerning. Yeah. It's yeah. Not like it's he was amazing, now, but, you know, 
No, I mean, but last year, you know, he had nine yards per attempt, I think, through the air. Like you said, turnovers were an issue, so it's not like that production will be impossible to match. But it's a freshman. We we don't know. He's he's only thrown 20 passes so far, so we we don't know quite what to to expect from Lucero. Yep. All right. Let's move on to our second contender in the West Division, Louisiana Tech. Uh, You know, this team last year may have been in the conference title game if... Yeah. If, you know, the quarterback, Jamar Chase, didn't have his, his issues. Uh, Jamar Smith. Oh, I said Chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, another guy from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jamar Smith. Yeah, if he didn't miss a couple games there, they uh, very likely could have been in that conference out of game. Yeah. Probably would have been. But he did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, and he, he's gone now. So he was a three-year starter and he was all-conference quarterback. That's a huge loss. Um, but there's still some talent there on that offense. Uh, they, you know, they have a thousand yard rusher, Justin Henderson. He's back three out of their top four pass catchers are, and they get a transfer from LSU, a guard Donovan uh, Campbell, who should slide right in there and start at guard. Uh, LSU had a pretty darn good offensive line last year, so it should be pretty good. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think they'll maybe quite be quite as good as last year on offense, but they're not going to just all of a sudden fall off the face of the planet here. So they'll still be solid. Uh, the defense though, yeah, and they're solid last year, uh, but they lose so much. They lose like nine out of their top 12 tacklers. Very ex- little experience everywhere, especially in the secondary. Probably take a big step back, but again, they, you know, Louisiana Tech usually turns out pretty decent talent there. They get they get some talented guys coming in and out of that program. So they're going to be worse, but they're not going to fall off the face of the earth either. So they're good enough to compete there with uab and uab is i guess not necessarily looking like gangbusters and especially with their qb out so it's a kind of the weaker side here of this conference so i think they can compete there okay uh let's get to those dark horses then so it's it's uab and louisiana tech as the the contenders our dark horses are southern miss and north texas and southern miss there's here's another one they would have they've been Oh, definitely. Oh, sorry. I thought my internet went out for a second. That was so did we. But anyway, well, I did. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully the audio was still good. Uh, anyway, Southern Miss. So they lost by double digits at home against South Alabama. Oh. The first game of the season. Everyone was watching. Yeah. Their head coach, Jay Hobson, resigned. Not a great start to the season. That, that dropped them a notch for us. Um, they also, shortly before the season, lost their two best players on the front seven. Defensive end Jacquez Turner and linebacker Rakeem Booth announced they're sitting out the season. Those are huge blows. Um, and on offense, they lost their number two receiver, Jalen Adams. He announced he's sitting out as well. So kind of a lot of bad news in the last month for them. It's been horrible they, for them. Yeah. They still have Tim Jones, great wide receiver. Jack Abraham back at quarterback is kind of the pick, Alex Hornibrook. Yeah, Alex Hornibrook syndrome. Like he's good. All yeah. the stats, you look at them, they're all good, except for the interceptions. <laughs> so that's kind of like who were we just talking about? Uh, a little bit like Johnson. Tyler Johnson, though. Maybe yeah. he's not quite as strong as, as these guys. But anyway, uh, if he can, uh, that's the thing. If he can limit the turnovers, then I think they're a contender. If not, then they're probably more like a dark horse. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Moving on to the next dark horse, North Texas. Man, the Mean Green were really disappointing last season. They had some high expectations with uh, Mason Fine coming back at quarterback. They ended up going four and eight. Seth Luttrell, he was kind of banking on a having a big year to propel him to one of those bigger, more marquee uh, jobs out there. State. 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, there's still some skill talent though. Uh, running back Trey Siggers, receiver Jalen Darden are some names to watch. Keep an eye on the defense, though. It needs to improve. They gave up over thirty yard thirty points a game. I just think it's going to be a tall task for them to to improve dramatically this year. They do have nose tackle Dion Noville. He had 13 tackles for loss, but the secondary, they have to break in three new starters, and that was already a below-average unit last season, and um, especially within the conference, they didn't play too well. I wouldn't be surprised, like, overall, if Latrell turns it around, but I don't think they have the the depth or or talent this year, to at least, to win the division. What was their first game? They, like, smoked some horrible F- FCS team, right? I forgot who it was. Yeah, I remember their quarterback running wild on one play at least. Um, yeah. North, North Texas. All right, somebody look that up. But yeah, was it they, Stephen F. Austin or no? No. I don't think so. No. Um, but Trey, did you mention that? I, I kind of tuned out. I'm sorry, Trey. Did you mention the, the quarterback? Oh, uh, Houston Baptist. Oh, he's Houston. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ooh, almost so they beat gave up. Tech. It was like yeah. 50 to 30 or something like that. 57 31. 5731. Yeah, that kind of looked bad at the time on the on the defense, yeah. giving up 480 passing yards to uh Bailey Zapp, but uh, or I don't know how do you pronounce his name. I've just read it in the box score, but now he's yeah. with the same thing. Now it doesn't Tech. look quite as bad cuz Texas Tech gave up like 560 <laughs> yards. Or it did. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, North Texas, I saw some highlights of the quarterback Jason Bean. I think I would expect oh, yeah. him to be the starter going forward cuz uh his stats were pretty good in that uh, Houston Baptist game. Yeah. All right. Long shots. Long shots. Numero uno long shot. We got the Rice Owls. Um, well, they were st- horrible last year to start. They started 0-9, uh, but they won their last three games. So kind of a funny funny way to do that. Um, and they did it with good defense, really, towards the end of the year there. Um, defense that has pretty much everybody back, like 10 starters, I think it was. Even their backups will be experienced. So, I mean, Number they just one got in returning production. On yeah, they, they got depth. They got some 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 players that have uh, proven that they're solid solid players on that side. So uh, the defense should be pretty much improved and be pretty good. Um, offense, kind of like a different scenario there. They lose quite a bit from a group that already was, already wasn't very good. Um, well, really, they were uh, pretty pretty pathetic as you can be. They were one of the worst offenses in the country. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was a little nice at first. And I was like, wait a sec. Hmm. Yeah. They were yeah. not awful. <laughs> so, but how much worse can they really be? Is the mm, question. I, good question. I mean, if you're already the worst, how can you? I guess you could still drop, but <laughs> technically <laughs> that'd be tough. So I don't know. I, I think they're going to be about the same on offense. Maybe they just with some new blood, they can surprise and be a little better. Maybe a different scheme. Maybe some better coaching. Who knows what it is? I think they could improve a little bit. It's possible, and the defense will be good. So I. I could see yeah. them surprising some folks this year just because of that defense. They'll keep it close. They'll keep it interesting. They want to run the ball short in the game. I do know that. Uh, so mm-hmm. they could surprise some folks. Yeah. They brought in the grad transfer from TCU, Mike Collins, at quarterback. Yeah. I know yeah. he's didn't still in a battle, but yeah. maybe quarterback play will be better. Couldn't be much um, Okay. Next, uh, next dark horse, or sorry, long shot is UTSA. And they brought in a, a new head coach, Jeff Trailer. He was Arkansas's running backs coach. Real reason they hired him, though, is that he's was a, a great head coach in, in high school in Texas, won three straight championships or three state championships, not straight um, at the 4A level. They may have been straight. I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, uh, they are one and oh, they've already played a game. They had that crazy double overtime win against Texas State last yeah, weekend. That was nuts. Yeah. I mean, Texas State is is 
also one of the the worst teams, so not exactly uh, something they, hey, they to hang your hat on. But SMU. True, that was a cl- closer score than indicated. Why are you holding up your finger, Ryan? I thought you were about to say, well, SMU is really not that great, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were going to have that argument again? <laughs> Everything circles back around. Ryan yeah. ended up arguing against himself there. but <laughs> Did so, I? TC or UTSA we're talking about the defense is is going to be very bad it was one of the worst in the country last year they lose a good amount offensively is where there's hope sincere McCormick at running back as a sophomore he already had in that that first game I think 197 rushing yards something like that nearly 200 Um, the quarterback Frank Harris can run as well not super confident in the passing game but baby steps all right, let's get to the last long shot, Trey. It's <laughs> the long shot of all long shots. Yes, long shot of all long shots is UTEP, man. The Mike Price era was really good now when you think about it. Dana Dimmel <laughs> has won two games in two years there. They only returned seven starters. Doesn't seem like there's really too much hope to to hang your hat on right now. They beat Stephen F. Austin. Uh which that's not bad. Like that's not semi respectable. Then they just got drubbed to Texas 59 to three. And I know they're not expected to compete with Texas, but it was, it was pretty, pretty ugly. Um, (laughs) Texas could have put their number named their number, but uh, for their sake, I'm, I'm hoping that they have, they show some life, some improvement. And, and, and really I hope that there's some, some player that just kind of steps up that can kind of help, they can kind of build around in the future because you know right now we have them here in the cellar of uh, of their division. Yeah. Unfortunately, you guys are feel like are a little too friendly. They're they're per SP plus the worst offense and the worst defense. They're like by far the worst team out there. It, I mean, it's just not good. I, don't know. No, I mean, they gotta yeah. Like if you stuck them in the FCS right now, they wouldn't be good either. So it's no, no, it's definitely it's, not. It's a, it's a tough tough predicament they're in. Yeah. They they kind of deserve their own tier, but we've only got three tiers here. So they yeah. are bad. sorry to Rice and UTSA. You're 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 significantly better than UTEP, probably. Uh okay. Um should we move on to the East Division then of Conference yeah. USA? Three teams at the top. Who we got, Ryan? Marshall, Western Kentucky, okay. and Florida Atlantic. Uh let's start it off with Marshall, the the thundering herd. Um We've seen one game from them uh, already. They looked very impressive, uh, fifty-nine to nothing versus Eastern Kentucky. Although Eastern Kentucky looks really bad, they got drubbed again the next week. Um, but they they were they were impressive. Um, th- this week they play Arcan- um, Appalachian State, so that one will be a real test, and we'll see what the Marshall really really has. Isaiah Green, who was supposed to be the guy coming into this year for Marshall at quarterback. Um, Kind of had a little bit of sophomore slump uh, last year, uh, but he's gone. So he's not the guy. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's up to Grant Wells, um, who looked really good in the first one. So uh, really we'll, good. We'll, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes here against a good defense and Mountaineers. But good start. Uh, their running back is back, Brendan Knox. He ran for almost 1,400 yards. He's a really good player. Um, and five guys back with starting experience on the O-line. So that's going to be a good offense. The running game will be good. Grant Wells looks like he's probably going to be solid. So our offense should be pretty darn good. Defense could be solid too. They did lose quite a bit. They lost like seven guys. A couple of ends they have though are pretty darn good. Um, brought in a couple of JUCOs here. Transfer and a good transfer to try to fill in some losses that they've had. Uh, they usually turn out a pretty solid defense. So I, even though they do have some some holes to fill, I think they'll be solid on that side of the ball too. So 
Um, they're, I, I would put them as the favorite on this side. Um, and they, they should be pretty darn good. I like, I like uh, Marshall this year. Yeah. Doc Holiday always has some, some solid squads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah, Grant Wells is, is the hope. Like if he's anywhere near yeah. as good as he looked in that uh, first game, I know it was against FCSC. Yeah. Cause Kentucky, Isaiah Green really Brett. underperformed last year. So yeah. Yeah. Grant Wells. We'll see. It's just one game, but yeah, look good. Uh, okay. So next we have Western Kentucky and they're coming off of a, a, a great year. Year one for, for Tyson Helton going nine and four. And this past weekend, they, they didn't pr- play well, particularly well against Louisville. They were, I think, dominated by more than the score would, would indicate. Um, but Louisville is a good team. So I'm, I'm not going to downgrade them a ton, just, just a little bit from that performance. They should have a really good defense yet again. They returned nine starters, including last year's Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year, D'Angelo Malone. He had 11 and a half sacks, 21 tackles for lost, loss. So he is, he's a beast. The defense will be fine. Problem is the offense. It wasn't very good last year, and that was with Ty Story having kind of a decent year at, at quarterback. Now they're 90th in returning production on that side of the ball. Their hope is that Tyrell Pigram can kind of inject some life into that offense, the transfer from Maryland. And he's fun to watch. He's a good runner. Hasn't yet proven in his career that he can lead an f- effective passing game. So, you know, it's they're going to rely on their defense and just hope to get enough. Defense from the and running game. That's Mm-hmm, going to exactly. be it. They're not yeah. going to pass. Yeah, Gage those, Walker, a good good running back. Yeah, but Michael, you t- those bookend defensive ends are pretty sweet. Like They're going to meet opposing quarterbacks, and they're going to have to live on that. Yes, sir. All right, moving on to our next contender here. We got the Florida Atlantic, the Owls. And we've got Willie Taggart. He's back. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in this this setting, this environment. I feel Florida Atlantic is is kind of a good as good of a spot for him to get on back on the wagon as as any. Uh we'll see if he can capitalize. You know, he's inheriting a decent, decent squad from Lane Kiffin. Uh the offense, it was really slated to be really good this year. Um, they led the league last season, but then they lost QB Chris Robinson in the off season, which was a, a surprise to many as he ended up just not being on the roster. Um, but there, it looks like Indiana transfer Nick Tronti is going to be the guy, even though they don't return a, a ton of starters on offense, there's still talent. It's not de- depleted from their, uh, their title winning teams with Lane Kiffin defense. They bring in a great defensive coordinator, Jim Levitt. Uh, he's got he's got a guy like Leighton McCarthy. Uh, he's kind of a hybrid linebacker DN. He's their best best pass rusher. Uh, the challenge on D though is they lost on the on their line. They lost their top seven tacklers. Uh, so they're they're gonna they're gonna struggle there. They did hit the transfer portal hall, transfer portal. I can't say transfer portal. Transfer portal. Yep. They hit the transfer portal hard. Um, so there's no question that they're going to need some players to to step up as they do lose a lot. But FAU, they've you know they've won two of the last three conference titles. It's not like they don't have any any talent mm-hmm. there. So they'll be they should be in the mix. Okay, uh, let's move on to the dark horses here yeah. in the Conference USA East Division. Alrighty, yes, we got Charlotte, uh, Florida International, and Middle Tennessee here in the middle. Um, so I'll start us off with Charlotte, who is probably deservingly on the first spot of this. They're, they're 
they're I guess a dark horse, but they're pretty solid. I, they 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 have they have a fight for to be in a little higher. Um, they're five and three in, in conference last year and uh, return a good amount of their production. They got their quarterback back, uh, junior uh, Chris Reynolds. He threw twenty two touchdowns last year. Good dual threat. Um, yeah, he was he was really good last year. Um, it just kind of is coming out. So he obviously struggled in game one against App State. Well, apparently he was injured on the first play of the game. Mm. Um, they're not saying what it was, but it's an upper body upper body injury. Oh, is it hockey now? Yeah, I know. And he's going to be out against North Carolina. We don't know how don't long know how he'll long. be out, but that would be a huge loss. Yeah, that's tough to hear. Yeah, I hadn't heard that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big blow. Wow. Hopefully he's only out against UNC and can get Hopefully. back for. I mean, he did play. He did play the rest yeah. of the game. So you got to think. I just not what I mean. But if he's sitting out versus UNC, hope he can come back and you know. Be be ready for the rest of the conference. And that's when, you know, UNC, good luck. But yeah. <laughs> so just as long as he's back for conference is really when they need him. He's got dual threat ability. He's a good player. So uh, their spread offense can really cause challenges for people. They were the best running team in the conference. They had the best run ground game. Um, and the defense just loses a couple key pieces. Uh, majority of the guys back there. So they already competed well in, in game one against App State. They were right there to the end. Had a nice little punt kick return touchdown. So um, they were... They were solid. They're right there. The offense could have done a little bit more, but I guess we see a little bit of reason why. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I think if, as long as Reynolds comes back healthy, I think they have a chance here to, they have a chance to make the, the title. Okay. Uh, next, Dark Horse FIU. And they, of course, are coached by Butch Davis. He's gone to three straight bowl games, which is really impressive at Florida International. Defense should be fine. They've got six starters back. They had a, a nice grad transfer, or not grad transfer. I think he he sat out last year. Tyson Maeva from from Boise State. There's high hopes for him. Offense is is their concern. Uh, it was bad last year, and they lose their quarterback James Morgan to the NFL. Quarterback competition has apparently four guys, but maybe the two favorites are Maryland transfer Max Bortenschlager, and then the the more athletic option Kalen Wiggins. I personally would kind of want to get your to quarterbacks have. from Maryland. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. Pigram transferred now, and and Bordenschlager. <laughs> I would prefer to have the the dual threat. All things Josh, being equal. Oh yeah, Josh Jackson went to Maryland. Uh, so, yeah, yeah he know. went to Maryland exactly. Didn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, one player to watch out for on offense is the former Georgia wide receiver JJ Holloman. Um, I feel like they could use him at yeah. Georgia. He's, he was he wasn't bad there. He was a a role player. So uh, yeah, solid. he could maybe do big things for FIU. So. Um, you know, there's there's some good pieces if if the the quarterback situation works out, but overall, I'm thinking below 500 in in conference. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, the last dark horse we have here is middle. <laughs> I was just waiting. Sorry for those just listening to the podcast. I was looking, waiting for the graphic to appear. <laughs> yeah. I dramatic pause there. Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders. From Murfreesboro, they had a, a real rough start to the year, getting throttled 42 nothing at Army. Oof. They just had no answers on offense or defense. And, I mean, I guess I'll have to give them the benefit of the doubt on the defensive side, you know, playing that Army option attack. But I was really disappointed with Rick Stockstill's offense. That's usually a strength of, of theirs. I really want to see Asher O'Hara bounce back. I, going into the season, I was really excited to see him. Uh, he led the conference in offense last year, over 300 yards a game. His dual threat ability uh, should really help them as they kind of go forward now into into conference play. The defense, 
I mean, they obviously didn't show much at, at Army, of course, but they returned only three starters, so it wasn't terribly surprising, I guess. Um, I think, but but overall, just as a team, I think O'Hara is going to turn the offense back around, and they're going to be a team that uh, that's going to try and outscore outscore people in the conference. Okay, uh, long shots. There are no long shots. It would have been Old Dominion, but they uh, are the one team in the conference that has uh, opted out. They're not playing this season because of of COVID. So uh, let's move on to the conference championship. So what? Uh, what? Who was your pick, Trey? So I went with UAB, and really my rationale is primarily because I'm most confident them winning their division. Uh, mm-hmm. the, that other division is just so wide open in my eyes. I, I would not be surprised if I could have made a case for a lot of teams in that East division. Uh, and almost any winner on that side wouldn't surprise me. And overall, even though UAB loses Johnston, they, they've got so much returning talent, production on defense. I'm not discouraged by the first couple games. I, uh, I still got UAB and I have them beating Marshall on the other side. I like Marshall this year. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm making the same picks. UAB over Marshall. Uh, Marshall, I'm picking them just because I'm I'm optimistic. I guess I'm I'm buying in after one game against an FCS team, but uh, he played really well. Uh, and just combined with Brendan Knox, the running back behind a very good offensive line, he's going to be put in a in a good position to succeed. And the defense actually right now in SP plus is only slightly behind Western Kentucky, so that's that's why I'm picking them over over WKU and also they avoid UAB whereas Western Kentucky uh does not. And then uh yeah in the West I, I think UAB's the pick very experienced team, great defense, enough skill talent on offense to to get by, but the injury to Tyler Johnston does have me thinking twice for sure. Yeah, but there's uh you know they still have they're still the class on that side it seems like. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm I'm going with UAB also. I I'm I'm going with Western Kentucky though coming from the other side i just I, I trust the defense a little bit more um i i do like marshall it's neck and neck really with those two teams for me um but i just trust the defense on western kentucky a little bit more so um but then i have uab taking down western kentucky and for the championship okay uh so last question we have about conference usa before we move on to the Sun Belt. does anyone obviously the aac every the winner of that has a great chance to be the the new year six participant does anyone from conference usa have a chance to um get that over over the aac i wish uh you know even with less teams involved uh in football this year i just don't see a path for anyone i mean if uab would have beat miami maybe they would have they would have had a chance because then they could have run the table in conference but there's just not enough marquee games for these conference usa teams to play and i just don't think the strength of the conference overall is enough yeah I agree. I think it's pretty unlikely for that reason. UAB losing to Miami and Western Kentucky losing to Louisville. Those were those two teams kind of big chances to make a statement against a power five team and they didn't do it. Yeah, those were the teams that really had the chance to do it if they could have pulled those off. I'll say it's I mean, very unlikely, but Marshall still has a shot. I mean, if they if they go undefeated, um, they have to pull, they play App State this week. So, you know, if they can beat them and then App State goes and does what they're usually do in the Sun Belt and win it, then they would have a somewhat strong case against like, Hey, we are undefeated. We beat a, probably a top 25 ish app state, you know, in that scenario. So I don't think they'd get it. I think a one loss, uh, still a one loss AAC team might be more attractive, but it's yeah. possible. Yeah. They'll, they'll need chaos. They would need like a mm-hmm. two loss AAC champ, in which case 
undefeated uh, Marshall is probably getting in over a, yeah, a over two, two loss. Yeah, over two Okay. Uh, sun Belt. Let's, let's the fun move belt. on to... Yeah, the Fun Belt. Uh, especially this year. Looks looks pretty strong. <sighs> we'll start wow. with the West Division. Uh, we only have one contender there. It's Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, coached by Billy Napier, he's done an incredible job in his first two seasons there. Recruiting has been like the best in Sunbelt history on the field. They won 11 games last year, so he's he's done a great job there as well. And now this season, they get off to an amazing start with a win on the road against Iowa State, what is supposed to be a very good Iowa State team. So yeah. that's huge. Uh, the offense should be excellent again. Levi Lewis back at quarterback. He had 26 touchdowns, four interceptions last year. The running game is is very good. Uh, maybe the best group of running backs in the conference, one of the best in the country with Elijah Mitchell and Trey Regis. Five players with at, at least one full season of starting experience on that offensive line. It should be good. And the defense getting better uh, year after year. And if the game against Iowa State is any indication, they've yeah. taken another step this year. Very big step. I mean, they... Pretty they much shut down. down Brock Purdy. Yeah, they yeah. really did. Um, that was impressive. Um, and they apparently have good special teams. They had two uh, two returns yeah. for touchdowns. Yeah. So <laughs> they uh, the punt returning was for real though. They, those guys are, I mean, they have some playmakers. Uh, I don't think any of us are shocked. Obviously, that they went in and beat Iowa State because we know that Louisiana Lafayette's a good team. Oh um, God! Okay. Go. All right. All, All right. right. The Raging Cajuns. It's it's Louisiana. You know what's funny, you know what's funny is because when we you uh, sent your picks in to Sarah um, yeah. because she makes all these graphics and she does a great job on those. So she does. say thank you to Sarah on Twitter. Um, but you typed you you sent her Lafayette. You said I I'm picking Lafayette. You know in the the West Division. Spoiler alert. But didn't I send it to you? Well, you sent it to me and I just forwarded it to her. I didn't even look at uh. it. Mm. And so uh, if, if she, I knew I was she was making the graphics. She's like, "Wait, Lafayette University?" <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. See, I, well, I, I thought that. I was sending it to you. If I knew it was just only going to her, and you were going to look at it, okay, I would have said Louisiana in there. But <laughs> you know, just I refuse. Um, yeah, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're uh, they're amazing. I really didn't quite realize. I I really liked them last year. I didn't realize how good that offense was a yeah. season ago. I mean, they were averaging almost 500 yards a game. I just, it's astounding how the numbers they put they up. They kind of were a little shaky in the first game, but I mean, Iowa State's good D, but uh, yeah, yeah, they, were, I, yeah, really they, yeah they weren't running the ball as well as they did last year. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's Iowa tough State. defense. And the defense returns like its top five leading tacklers from a year ago. Like, there is so much to like with this Raging Cajun team. And, yeah, Ryan, you said they got the best special teams in the country up to this point. So I know. They're crazy. That was uh, a, a lot of kick returns and punt returns. Hey, guys, hey guys, special teams. You know what yeah, they one say. one third of the game, baby. One, one third of the game. <laughs> that's that's right, especially here. But, uh, but yeah, I'm in on the Raging Cajuns. Yeah. All right, well, how about a dark horse? This is a very good dark horse, huh? Very. Arkansas State, that is a very good dark horse for the Sun Belt. I mean, they're kind of a dark horse in the Big 12. Um. Hmm. So yeah, we've we've um, we've already got a good look at them, like very good look. They've played two good teams so far. They they had a some somewhat pretty good competitive game at at Memphis. They hung in there pretty well, um, and then they obviously won at Kansas State uh, on uh, last week. So they have two good quarterbacks, uh, Lane Hatcher. You guys are on the Lane train. Uh, I'm 
kind of partial on impartial on that. I, I like Logan Bonner too. They're both good. So um, I kind of wish I'd just pick one. Um, feel like it can uh, offset their rhythm a little bit, but either way, their offense is good no matter what they do. Um, so I guess yeah. it works. Jonathan Adams, Jonathan Adams, that receiver is a beast. Yeah. He's a, he's an animal. Uh, Patrick's yeah. last throw to, to win the game against yeah. K-State was so impressive. I don't know how I mean, he just, it was, he was getting it was hit. A, it was contested. It was a far throw. It was. It like, was. It was. Yeah. It was like, how did that just look like it was like a 10 yard throw for him, but it was like 30. <laughs> so that was, and then Adams just makes it look easy. So yeah, that were, they're good, man. Um, the only question obviously for them, the difference why they're a dark horse is the defense. Um, they were really bad last year. Um, and what little talent they did have coming back. They have a couple of grad transfers. One went to Baylor and then one went to Arkansas. I think one defense, I'm on one corner. So those were some huge losses for them. Um, so that group's not going to be that great. I mean, they showed, they showed okay at Memphis and uh, at K state, but they're not, you know, like, uh, on, on, uh, Louisiana, I'll say Louisiana for you, Louisiana's <laughs> level. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're a good squad. They have a good offense. Defense should, can, can hang in there. Then, you know, if they, they could maybe sneak up on the raging Cajuns and, and knock them out, give them a run for their money. It's also hard okay. not to, not to pull for Blake Anderson. Um, yeah, for sure. what, he, what he's gone through. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some of the long shots here. And I'll lead us off with South Alabama uh, through two games. This is clearly a much improved team from from a season ago. They beat Southern Miss on the road, as we touched on earlier, as a big dog. And then they nearly beat Tulane last weekend as an underdog. Desmond Trotter, he's the, the dual threat quarterback. He's put up good numbers so far. They also use Chance Lovertich. Uh, he's more of the, the pure passer. I'm just I'm encouraged by what I've seen uh, out of the Jags, uh, considering they've only won nine games combined in the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good start. I'm I'm hoping Desmond Trotter apparently was you brought up bringing in the the backup Chance Lovertich. Trotter was I guess in and out of that game with injury, so we'll see if uh, if that is an issue going forward. But didn't seem to affect the offense too much last week. Um, okay, last or no no we've got two more two more so our second to last long shot very similar logo to south alabama it's texas state and they were three and nine last year and they're 118th in returning production so expectations very low coming into the year are zero and two they but it kind of you know looked better than maybe you might think uh yeah seven point loss to smu i think it was a misleading score but still that's uh, that's a positive for texas state and then Overtime loss to UTSA. It's it's a heartbreaker, but at least they were competitive. They yeah. they missed an extra point. They missed I an know. extra point. Mm, we're going to break down that game tomorrow yeah. uh, on our our week two recap podcast. But yeah, mm. that was uh, that's a heartbreaker. Um, I still think though that they're you know despite looking, I, I guess you could say good these first two games. They're one of the worst teams playing in college football this year. Um, but there's hope to be taking a step forward under under Jake Spavital. Brady McBride looked competent against SMU. <laughs> competent. What? He looked competent. I, I mean, that's what I would say. His stats weren't good, but to my eye test, I felt like he looked good. So I just wanted yeah. to say competent. <laughs> um, he was out for COVID reasons against Texas State. Um, uh, last year's starter, Tyler Vitt, uh, got the start and played well. So hopefully they're they're taking a step forward. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's move on to our last team here. 
This is okay. the Louisiana uh, Warhawks. What? Just kidding. Louisiana Monroe. See, that's why it's still Louisiana Lafayette. They can't just Louise. Why isn't this? This is. Hey, this they they claim. They claimed it. It's honestly a genius branding move for Louisiana. How but, did no yes. one else tried to do that first? They beat one like the punch. Like Southwest Missouri State taking Missouri State. Yeah. 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 Southwest Missouri State sounds garbage, but Missouri State, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. Are they FBS? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right. University of Louisiana, Monroe, Warhawks here. They uh, they had one of the worst defenses uh, in the country last year. So I do have a good amount of guys coming back, but, you know. Like so, I guess they should improve, but they maybe need some new blood. They're still going to be really bad. Um, they <laughs> their offense loses their starting quarterback, who was pretty actually solid for them. Caleb Evans, um, he was a big reason why they ended up winning five games last year. Um, they do have a good running back coming back, Josh Johnson, um, not the Torero. Um, yeah. He ran for nearly thirteen hundred yards last year, but uh, without a good QB and a lack of playmakers on the outside, I think that offense will will take a step back. We saw in Week One how they did not look very good i mean army wow looking good for through two games uh army beat them 37 to 7 so yeah it's just uh them and uh, it seems like those two teams texas state and Louisiana monroe are clearly the bottom of this division yeah okay um let's uh go over to the east division of the sun belt and again at the top we have a a clear number one True. There's a. It's a little competitive in this division, but yeah, mm-hmm. App State. They're well, the kings clear. of the. Who's the they're top? The, yeah, they're the the kings of the Sun Belt. I mean, the biggest challenge for the Mountaineers this year is breaking in their third head coach in three years, but they still have Zach Thomas returning at quarterback. Feel he's another one of those guys that feel like he's been there a long time. He's really efficient. Last year, twenty eight touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, also ran for seven scores. They do lose running back Darrington Evans, who was a stud, but they got Marcus Williams coming back. He was productive last year when he played. I'm really also not concerned with the running game as much because they return four starters from the offensive line. That that line was 13th in the nation in sacks allowed. They created holes for a running game that generated over 200 yards a game. I think almost 230. So I'm not, not too concerned with the offense. Uh, the defense, a little different story. They were the number one D in the conference a season ago, but they lose a lot of production. They're going to need to rely on the talent that they've kind of accumulated by being the top dog in the the conference over the last couple of years. But at this point, it's just, it's really unproven. Uh, the best player on defense is a good prospect though. Sean Jolly, he was first team all conference corner. Uh, he had five picks last year, so they should be able to lock down some of the receivers that they face. But we know that, uh, know app state they're going to be relevant each and every year and that seems to be again the case this year i mean they're yeah they're definitely relevant they're going to be there to be surprised if they didn't win this division um i i I, the defense was a concern no doubt uh, coming in this year we knew the offense would be good but i was impressed with what they did against charlotte and for the first week uh you know they gave up only 20 points but a member of the touchdown was coming on came on a special team so uh they were they were they were pretty darn good um so i'm encouraged by what i saw from that side and I mean, it's it'd be shocking if it's not Louisiana Lafayette versus App State. Yeah, that's that's definitely a uh, yeah. I would make that a what do you call it? A odds-on favorite for the yeah. I mean, it's for the matchup in the two best teams by far. Um, and yeah, App State they've won either 
alone as the champion or shared the, the Sun Belt Championship for four straight years. So they are the team to beat. One player that they they are missing is uh, Corey Sutton, their best receiver, yeah. announced he's sitting out the season. So that's another big loss. But yeah, yeah, they're they're so solid all the way around. They're the, the big favorite to win the the East here. Um, okay, so we're gonna move to our next group here, and it's not dark horses. I, I think there really isn't uh, a clear dark horse in this division. It's kind of just four long shots and we say long shots i mean there there's some solid teams in this group yeah um it, you know someone's gonna rise up to be the dark horse we're just not quite sure who that is yet but uh but it's georgia southern um coastal carolina troy and georgia state and those they could really end up in in any order i think but we'll go with georgia southern here first so chad lunsford has done a really good job as head coach there they've made two straight bowl games um, not off to a good start on the field, but because yeah, they just beat FCS they had like 30 Campbell. guys out. Yeah, exactly. They, they won by a point against Campbell from the any win. Yeah, 33, 33 players missing. So you can't read anything into that score. Um, they should be pretty good once they get all their, their players back from quarantine. Shy Wirtz is back at quarterback. Very good runner in that option offense. They get some guys back from injury on the offensive line, so they should have a, a, an experienced O-line. The running backs, Wesley Kennedy and J.D. King, the, the former Oklahoma State transfer, yeah. very good. So that that running game is obviously what uh, what gets them going. And on defense, one of the best front sevens in the conference. So just kind of a solid all-around team. Unless the all these guys being in quarantine has really affected their preparation for the season, it, maybe that's a factor, but... Yeah. If it isn't, then should be a touch of that everywhere. Maybe you would think, but yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, no, that's a lot. I, I like Georgia Southern; they're solid. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. Let's move on to the next one here. Our oh yeah, pod podcast favorite, Coastal Carolina, the Shants, the Chanticleers. Um, yeah, it, you know, looking at game one here, it looks like Coastal may have found their their new quarterback, um, Grayson McCall, the freshman. We did not quite anticipate that. Um, they had a couple other guys coming back that played last year, but good news for the shots that somebody else stepped up and took the job. He was solid against Kansas. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but he was, uh, he was pretty solid there. Um, made quite a few nice plays, had some good runs. Um, but for a freshman first game on the road, uh, he, he looked good. Um, CJ Marable is back yeah. at running back. That guy's a really good player. First Kyle catches out of the backfield. Good, good running back. Um, they also have a good looking tight end. I was impressed with in the first game, Isaiah likely, um, he's going to be a threat uh, in that passing game. Kind of a seems like a nice safety net for for McCall, and they got four starters back on the line, so that should be an improved group uh, on the offense. Um, yeah, definitely uh, thirty eight points in game one. Nothing wrong with that. Defense should also be better. They had a lot of injuries last year. They got some hit by the injury bug. Um, so with some of those guys coming back, the front seven has some good amount of experience. Um, secondary, not so much, uh, but secondary was already the weak point, uh, in that, on that defense last year. Um, so any improvement from them, I think would, would just, just help, but you know, overall it's like this team was five and seven last year. Um, if this were a normal year, I think they'd have a legit bowl, bowl, bowl hope. I think they could make a bowl game. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't see why not this, why this team couldn't win that, uh, well, second spot, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to win it, but they could be in that second spot behind and who that. Knows? Never Who knows, but I, I, they'll be finished right behind App State. Yeah. But I like well, them. Before, they're, they're getting better. 
Yeah, and the reason they're they're a podcast favorite, Coastal Carolina, is that the uh, for the if for the patrons, we we decided to choose one kind of G five team to kind of be our our second favorite team this year. Or in the, if you have a, a Pac twelve fan, or and we'll see what <laughs> happens there. Uh, your first favorite team because you don't have a team playing this year. So we chose Coastal Carolina, and after one game, holy crap, that's yeah, looking like a good choice. They looked. Like just the athletes they have are so good. It, they just looked really impressive. Um, Teron Jackson at defensive end is a beast. He looks like yeah. he could be a power five player easily. Um, yeah, they're they look good. That I was like awesome. their it's cool school, man. Cool school, right? Mm-hmm. I like their colors, their uniforms are sweet. Yeah, yeah. The shots. All right. Mm-hmm. So moving on to our next long shot, that would be Troy. So they have to replace their highly productive quarterback, Caleb Barker. It's going to be a tall task for for Coach Chip Lindsey. Uh, the good thing, though, is that the skill position talent there, it, it's it's there to help. Uh, probably the conference's best receiving core. They return running back B.J. Smith from injury. He was, he's was he been productive in the past. On the defensive side, they have some holes it needs to fill in order to improve. Um, but they, they have a great piece to build around. There's a potential all-American candidate that they have linebacker Carlton Marshall. He had 126 tackles, 18 and a half for loss last year. Pretty astounding numbers. So if a quarterback can emerge for Troy, they could work its way up in the division, but obviously, like we've said, they're not, they're not going to win it. Okay. Uh, Last long shot we have here. And again, this, these four long shots, I feel like you could mix up in any order. It's Georgia state. And they are coming off a, a seven and six season that included a win at Tennessee, of course, in the first game <laughs> that everyone remembers. Uh, and they returned 17 starters. So you think that they would be solid. The problem is the starters they lost include the quarterback, Dan Ellington, who was very good, and the Sun Belt's most productive running back, Trey Barnett. So those are two huge losses on, on offense. We'll see what happens. They, they, they're they going to go to a redshirt freshman at quarterback, Quad Brown. If he's good, they could easily end up finishing at the the top of the long shots um if not then they're they're probably well placed here and last yep they should be pretty good i, I kind of like the panthers mm-hmm. yeah a lot of uh experience uh, defense should get a lot better there's most everybody coming back yep championship picks for the sun belts i'll go first here i've got the raging cajuns louisiana over app state uh, of course we're all going to have those two teams in the the championship game I just think it's time. Napier has replenished the talent there. Um, really good young talent on the team. They've got continuity at head coach. Defense maybe appears to have taken another step forward if uh, what they did to Brock Purdy is any any indication. Uh, it'll be a great game uh, if and when it happens, but I'll, I'll take Louisiana. Yeah, and I, I, I hope this is the game. I'm already kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I've got App State over Louisiana. I'm just going with the Kings of the conference and until they're dethroned. I like Zach Thomas. Uh, I really trust him in the big moments last year. They app state beat Louisiana twice once on the road. Um, so I'm, I'm encouraged by that. And I mean, I'll admit Louisiana has definitely narrowed, narrowed the gap a lot from last season and obviously would not be surprised if they pulled it out, but, uh, but I'm going to take app state this year. Yeah. That's, I mean, it was, it's obviously neck and neck, uh, but the, just the, the last game from the Raging Cajuns winning at Iowa State, I guess, just kind of maybe sealed the deal for me on why I, why I ended up going with the Raging Cajuns over App State. Um, not that, you know, App State's not couldn't have done the same, but uh, this year right now, I, I, that swayed me. So it's, but it's right there. It's neck and neck. Okay. 
Uh, final question then of the podcast is, does any G5 team have a chance to make the playoff this year? I guess G3 is whatever you want to call it this year. Well, you kind of missed the last one about the and New York six spot. Does any of these teams make a New York six? Sunbelt. Oh, I'm Sun sorry. Belt. Oh, the Sunbelt teams. Sun oh, Belt yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you're right. I, I skipped that question. That's good. Okay. So do you think any anyone from Sunbelt has a chance? New York six? Uh, I do. I think they, yeah. either of these teams, if they go unbeaten, uh, they would have a more like a better case than any of those conference USA teams would. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I mean, they would definitely need a. Uh, they couldn't go get in over an undefeated AAC team, but if like both one of these teams was undefeated, a one loss AAC versus an undefeated App State or Louisiana would be a really tough call. I think that would be tough. I think I think Louisiana might have a better chance because they've got that. If Iowa State goes they, on to have could, a really good yeah, season, that's a legit win. So, yeah, I think. I would lean towards them uh, against a, a one-loss AAC champ if I had to predict right now. True. App State, it's it's a little closer. I think that would be maybe the AAC champ. They would, need Marshall would get in over them. Have a good year too. Yeah, 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 yeah. App State unfortunately just doesn't have that that marquee non-conference game. But you know if they if they take care of business and look really impressive doing it, and Louisiana stays unbeaten, and then they get to beat an unbeaten Louisiana and it's App State. team. Like they're already right. a, they have they have some cachet so. But they, they, either of these teams, I, I agree with you guys. Louisiana probably has the leg up, of course, with that big win. But either of these teams would need a little help and have some of those AAC teams beat each other up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so better chance than those two teams, better chance than anyone from Conference USA. Is really? No doubt. Okay, all right. Well, now let's set our sights a little higher than that New Year's Six slot. So how about the playoff? Any any team in uh, the AAC, Conference USA, or Sunbelt have a chance at the playoff? Nah, nah, <laughs> yeah. it, it's just, it's too much. It's too hard. Like it, we've already seen it. Uh, so what, if, I guess three years ago now, uh, UCF going defeated and they, they weren't really a true contender there. Um, yeah. they weren't really that close to making it. So I just short season, uh, not going to have, I mean, Louisiana, like that, that's the team that has a chance with, uh, the big win at Iowa state. They need them to be like undefeated, but even still they had, that's no. the only the thing to hang their hat on. They're not going to so, get in over, you know, uh, eleven and one or well, I guess what nine and one SEC team. There's just no way. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think the Sun Belt teams. I, I wouldn't give much of a chance just because, um, yeah, even though Sun Belt had some success against the Big Twelve, overall the the schedule is not going to be respected that much. I think by the committee, but yeah, the AAC because it's it's getting a lot of respect over the what they've done the last couple of years and those four teams at the top: SMU, Memphis, Cincinnati, UCF. Oh. oh. We're well, tossing in okay. SMU in the top now, are we? <laughs> well, because perception, perception. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. <Wow>. Anyway, <laughs> those four teams are are good, and so if one of those, let's say it's UCF, goes undefeated, they get a win at Georgia Tech, blowout win. They need Georgia Tech to be good. I don't know. It's. I, I guess I'm That's trying to make problem. the case. Nobody, none of those teams face a top team. That is the problem. That is the yeah. problem. I don't see any AAC no... team that has a. a an elite power five team no on the way. schedule. So that hurts. No. I think it's a better chance this year than other years, just because there's no pac 12 in the mix. We'll see about the big 10 that, that, that would hurt, but let's just say there's no big 10 in the mix, even though that might change. Pac 12 doesn't soon. make the, the playoff anyways. Well, but helps the odds. Sometimes they do. <laughs> yeah, right? Sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I long winded answer. I think it's a very, very low chance. 
Yeah, they just need they would need some chaos amongst those power yeah. conference teams to beat each other. Like you just have the the conference champs and then have kind of the their their next best team have a couple losses just to kind of try and get them out of the mix and then have that unbeaten team. And I was looking at the non-conference schedules for these top dogs in the AAC. Michael, you said UCF has Georgia Tech. It's okay, but it's not moving the needle. Yeah. And Cincinnati's yeah. best win would most likely be Army out of conference. Again, good, but that's okay. not it's just kind of unfortunate they didn't get to play like um, you know Nebraska. one top dog uh, that top would dog, that would kind of boost them over the top. But uh, but hey, you never know if they like if one of these teams just breaks apart and they look that's really they good. Need. They yeah. look if they look really good doing it. They also need the top teams in the AAC not to have like bad losses so that they're all as highly ranked as possible throughout the year so that they get those quality wins within conference. But yeah, it's a long shot, but maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, they it's a chaos. it's a multi year process for a G five team to yeah to make it. You got to go like back to back years undefeated, mm-hmm. and then maybe have a chance. You, you can't just do it in one year, right? And I think it's that this multi year process for the AAC just gaining more and more respect. There, you know, there that power six kind of argument is yeah resonating with some people, especially with the way the the ACC um, has been struggling. But yeah, anyway, all right, well. Thanks for listening to uh, the College Football Bros podcast. Thank you for watching on YouTube. If you're not subscribed, uh, either in your podcast app or on YouTube, encourage you to, to do that. It helps us out to get more subscribers on both. Helps more people find the podcast. Also helps if you leave us a five-star review uh, in Apple Podcasts. If you give us a thumbs up on YouTube, leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. Really appreciate uh, all your support. We're trying to grow here. We don't have... ESPN or any backing behind us, but we have my bookie right now. We got my bookie behind us. That's right. <laughs> Promo code CF Bros. That helps yeah, us as well. If uh, if you're interested in uh, in betting, so uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, we're going to recap week two briefly, and we will make our picks for week three. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast. Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com thisishome today.